Good morning and welcome to Truth For Today, a program brought to you each Sunday morning by the 6th and Washington Streets Church of Christ in Marietta, Ohio. I'm Hunter Malott, minister for the 6th and Washington Streets Church, and I have the honor of sharing God's Word with you over the next 30 minutes. Before we begin our study, I would like to formally invite you to join us this evening at the congregation for worship starting at 5. We would love to have the chance of meeting you. Our program this morning will start with a reading from the Psalms. I will be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, but invite you to read along in whatever translation you have available to you. The Legacy Standard Bible has gone to great lengths to preserve God's covenant name within the Scriptures. Therefore, it allows a proper distinction between God's personal name and His title, Lord. I am confident that through the reading of the Psalms, the proclamation of God's name will be to you a comfort and delight as you meditate on who it is that you serve and worship. Now please enjoy our reading of the sacred word. Psalm 1 How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of Yahweh, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not rise in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. When we think of conquerors, people like Alexander the Great come to mind. Attila the Hun and certain pharaohs of Egypt. Even Rome was known for their great conquering of many nations and lands. Imagery of swords, arrows, and shields arise in our minds when we think of these conquerors. There is a man that I would like to speak to you about. He's a man who fought no physical battles. He never wielded a sword. He sought to make no enemies. He never usurped the throne of any king. Yet he sits as king over the earth, having conquered the world. This man's name is Jesus Christ. There is a unique way in which Jesus had victory. And in his triumph, we can also have triumph. Perhaps you are familiar with the word Nike. We all know them as a shoe brand. Well, though it is an extremely popular shoe brand, Nike or Nikkei is the Greek word used in the text of John chapter 16 and verse 33, where there Jesus says, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Another way to translate that word is conquer. And in fact, the Greek word Nikkei means to overcome, have victory, and to conquer. It's one thing to say that you have had victory in a sport, or that you've conquered the day by getting your tasks done. But to say you have conquered the world is a completely different thing. So the question becomes, how has Jesus conquered the world? Don't we still see sin in this world? Don't we still see darkness? 
Certainly we see many forms of evil and immorality. But there is a sense in which Jesus has conquered this world. And this is what I'd like to speak to you about very briefly this morning. Jesus conquered the world, number one, by loving his enemies. He loved his enemies. Jesus had enemies. He didn't seek to make enemies. But a natural result of teaching God's truth is the production of enemies. You're going to get enemies if you preach the truth of God. One enemy that Jesus had were the Pharisees. Well, the Pharisees were enemies of Jesus. They were jealous of Jesus. And you might be familiar with Matthew chapter 12 and verse 22 and following those verses where Jesus heals this demon-possessed man. And you would think that the healing of a man that was demon-possessed would be a, a positive thing. You would think that people would look at that and give praise to Jesus. But instead, what we actually see is many people were upset that he healed this man. In Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 22, the Bible says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him, so that the mute man spoke and saw. And all the crowds were astounded and were saying, Can this man really be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man does not cast out demons except by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, he said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself will not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebul, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds a strong man, and then he will plunder his house? You see, the Pharisees looked at Jesus, and they said, He's not the son of David. Instead, he's working his miracles through the power of the demons. Jesus told them that doesn't make sense. The Pharisees were enemies of Jesus, and we can give many more examples, but time would fail us this morning. The denying Jews were also enemies of Jesus. Those very Jews who proclaimed, crucify him, crucify him before Pilate. They were enemies of Jesus. Jesus, in the heart of controversy, did one of the most loving things that he could do for his enemies. He told them the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. To tell someone the truth in a loving manner is one of the greatest examples of love that you can show. And Jesus taught his disciples to love their enemies and to pray for them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44. Jesus was a man who practiced what he preached. And because of this, Jesus prayed for his enemies. Upon the cross, he cried out for forgiveness for his enemies. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus prayed for those who would deny him, like Peter, and he helped the one who would betray him, that is Judas. Jesus certainly, as I said a moment ago, was a man who practiced what he preached. Jesus told us to love our enemies, and this is one way in which Jesus has conquered this world, through loving his enemies. 
Though certainly you would think that hating your enemies would be a way to conquer them, Jesus showed his conquering and his victory through his love for his enemies. But Jesus also has conquered this world, number two, by dying for his enemies. Conquerors do not die for their enemies. They defeat their enemies in battle. Jesus died to defeat the ultimate enemy, as the book of Hebrews says, which is Satan. By Jesus' death, he conquered the one who held the power of death. What a beautiful, beautiful revelation that is. What sort of love does the Father give us, and what sort of love does Jesus have for us? Well, Paul wrote about God's love and about the love of Christ in the book of Romans, chapter 5. Paul clearly states that before Christ came into the picture, that we were enemies with God. He says in Romans 5, starting in verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You see, before Christ came into the picture and reconciled us back to God, we were enemies of God. Greater love has no one than this, than someone give up his life for his friends. That's what Jesus said. I don't tend to disagree with Jesus, and I hope that I never will but if greater love has no one than this, that someone give up his life for his friends, what can we say about giving up your life for an enemy? Surely that is great love, love that is greater than I personally as a human being can imagine. And yet it was Jesus who gave up his life, not just for his friends, not just for people who loved him, but for people who hated him, for people who mocked him and ridiculed him. Jesus died not only for his friends, but he also died for his enemies. Isaiah's prophecy of the crucifixion gives us the best example of this. The Bible there says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus conquered this world by loving his enemies, by dying for his enemies. And thirdly, Jesus conquered this world by redeeming his enemies. Jesus has brought us back to God. He has won us over through his death. Consider for a moment the redemption that we have through Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 23, Paul there says that you have been bought with a price. Do not again become slaves of men. We have two options. Jesus can be our master or we can be our own master. We can choose to follow Jesus or we can choose to follow somebody else, but we can only choose one. And according to the scriptures, Jesus' death and his blood 
was used as a means to buy us back to God. And so because we have been bought with a price, and that price being the ultimate price, then we should not again become slaves of men. We have been spared of God's wrath. Not only have we been bought, but we've been spared of the wrath that comes from God. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, Jesus is the propitiation. We often don't use that word much in our language today, but it essentially means an appeasement, that Jesus' death was appeasing to the Father. It appeased his wrath for a time and for all time, as the book of Hebrews says. Because Jesus faced the wrath of God, that means that one day you and I don't have to as long as we live by faith and do our best to obey Jesus the Christ. Not only have we been bought, not only have we been spared of God's wrath, but we've also been reconciled. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 19-20, through 20, the Bible here says, For God was so pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We have been reconciled back to God. Adam and Eve in the garden were placed there in really a paradise. They could have followed God. They could have lived in peace and harmony with nature. They wouldn't have had to die. They wouldn't have had any diseases. They would have never been sick. They would have been happy. They would have been like we all wish to get to a point in our lives. They would have been content. And yet, Satan deceived them by way of trickery. And they sinned. Ever since that day, mankind has been separated from their God. Because of sin, mankind has separated themselves from the Almighty God who is perfect and holy. And true. But it was because of Jesus Christ and because of his reconciling death that we can go back in relation to the Father, that we can have communion with the Holy Spirit, that we can call our God our Father, and he can call us his son or his daughter. We have been reconciled back into the family of God. The Father sent the Son. The Son then became our brother. And by his death, we have been placed back into God's family and reconciled. What a beautiful message of redemption that that is. But you know, Jesus didn't just love his friends. And Jesus didn't just die for his friends. And Jesus didn't just redeem his friends. He did this all for his enemies enemies that we were before we met Christ. Jesus conquered the world through three things, through love, through sacrifice, and through reconciling relationships. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Don't we sing that? We conquer this world of troubles and darkness through our faith. 
because we remember the precious words of Jesus. Take heart. I have overcome the world. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us, Paul says in Romans 8, 37. And I want you to think about this, brethren, as we consider, those of you who are listening into this broadcast, as you consider the love that God has shown us and the great conquering that Jesus has had upon this world, look at the influence of Christ in this world. Look at the influence of Christianity in this world. Everybody knows what the symbol of the cross means. If they see a cross up on the hill, they know that that's referring to Jesus or referring to Christianity in some way. How is that? Well, it's just another example of the conquering that Jesus has had upon this world. You can go to almost any continent. You can go to almost any place in this world, and you will find someone that believes in Jesus Christ and that is doing their best to follow his commandments and to walk as he walked. That is a conquering. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, I'd like to read a scripture for you here. The Bible says, And they overcame him, or they conquered him, because of the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their witness. And they did not love their life, even to death. That verse there is speaking of the Christians who have passed, those old saints who have gone away. They have conquered him. Those saints who died for Christ, they've conquered the evil one. Why? Because they enacted what Jesus did. They loved their enemies. They died for the great cause. And as a result, they are given the unfading crown of glory because they were faithful unto death. As Jesus said in Revelation 2.10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. I want you to see this morning that Jesus was a conqueror. But he wasn't what the world wanted him to be. And through Jesus, we can also conquer. We might not be what the world wants us to be. We might, do not, we might not do the things of the world. But through Jesus, we can also conquer in this life. We can overwhelmingly conquer, again, as Paul said in Romans 8, through him who loved us. Because of the victory of Jesus, we can have victory too. And what a beautiful thing that is. Think of this message of hope as you listen to this hymn. And forest glades I wander And hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees 
When I look down from lofty mountains grander And hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee How great thou art, how great thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Thank you for listening intently to the sermon and the hymn just played for you. I hope that you receive those in truth and in hope. I would like to leave you with one last message before we close out our program today. In the year 490 BC, the Persian army seeking to invade Greece landed a large force 26 miles outside of Athens. The huge army disembarked from their warships and gathered on the plains of a place called Marathon. There they prepared to attack the Greek army and establish their presence in Europe. The Greeks were outnumbered, four to one, but they launched a surprise offensive thrust against the Persians. At the time, the plan appeared suicidal, but by day's end, 6,400 Persian bodies lay dead on the field, while only 192 Greek soldiers had been killed. The surviving Persians fled to sea and headed south to Athens where they hoped to attack the city before the Greek army could reassemble there. With no word of the Greek victory, the Persians believed the city would surrender. A young messenger named Philippides was called upon to run the distance to Athens. He was to carry the good news of the victory and warn the Athenians about the approaching Persian ships. 
Pheidippides was already tired from another long run and from having fought in heavy armor against the Persians, but seeing the need to carry the truth to his countrymen, Pheidippides rose to the challenge, pushing himself past the normal limits of human endurance. Pheidippides ran the twenty-six miles to Athens in about three hours. As he stumbled into the city, he gasped to the leaders, Rejoice! We conquer. And then he died. Hearing the news, the Athenians held on until the army arrived. The battle was won. The enemy was defeated. No surrender was necessary. Satan would have us believe that this battle with God still rages. He tries to convince us that he will win. Not so. Satan is a liar. While he can use misery here, make no mistake, he has been defeated. As Christians, we must carry that message to the world. The message of rejoice in Jesus we conquer. And having spoiled or defeated principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Colossians 2.15 It is through Jesus that we can also conquer this world. Because Jesus was the conqueror, because he is our master, we can conquer this old world of sin and death and decay to one day live and reign forever in heaven, for all of eternity, with the angels, the saints, God himself, and the wonderful light of his presence. Is that something that you want? Is that something that you crave? Is that something that you would work for? Is it something that you would strive for? Run the race. Finish the course. Conquer this world. You can do it through the help of Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will listen in again next Sunday morning. Truth for Today is brought to you each Sunday morning by the 6 in Washington Street's Church of Christ in Marietta, Ohio. Once again, we invite you to join us at 5 p.m. for our evening worship. We meet for midweek Bible study Wednesday evening at 7, and our Sunday morning services begin at 9 a.m. with Bible classes for all ages. Our Bible class is followed by our worship at 10. Until next week, may God bless you as you seek to know and do His holy will. Until then... This is Hunter Malott wishing you a wonderful Lord's Day.